are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Alongside Jacob Rude, host of Locked On Hoosiers, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to talk about another another list. It's Athlon Sports, which has become kind of known for doing this kind of stuff during the offseason. They put out a list of just their 2022 and then beginning of 23 Big Ten predictions from actual standings and looks at each individual team to some superlatives and awards at the end of the year, too. But I, I want to talk about just conference as a whole first, Jacob, as we get into things here on the show. And we have to start where the big conversation has been the entire offseason, and that's with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're the most <laughs> unpredictable team in the Big Ten right now, if you ask me. And to be honest, I, I thought I was kind of alone on that hill until I watched what I saw or read what I saw here. It, it had been on Vegas, Nebraska being like first or second to win the Big Ten West. Uh, other I think publications around had had Nebraska as a team to watch going into this season too, to be really, really good. But here in Athlon, they are listing the Cornhuskers as fifth in that side of the Big Ten alone, which is contrary to what I think a lot of people are thinking about this team as, of course, what I've just mentioned. But uh, I'm thinking that this, even uh, according to what I had in my head, is a little bit harsh. Yeah, well, I mean, first, I was glad that I no longer feel like I'm taking crazy pills because seeing all those odds and seeing ESPN's uh, is it FPI, their rating system. Yeah. yeah, And seeing all those that had uh, Nebraska as high as they did uh, made me think I was crazy, like I was missing something. Uh, Obviously, this is just one ranking, but this is much closer to where I would have them than first. I would have them kind of in this range. Just might be a little bit harsh. I would uh, have them there. Fourth is Minnesota. Fifth is Nebraska. Um, I would have them kind of in that range. I think those two teams could be similar right there, but this would probably be on the lower end of uh, where I would rank them. But yeah, it, it made me feel a little bit better about um, not being crazy basically because uh, seeing this and, um, I mean, they raise all the concerns that we have, not even just, uh, Scott Frost, which feels like a obvious enough concern and a big enough concern, um, to account for most everything else, but, uh, they're going to have a new quarterback coming in, uh, and just the uncertainty that's kind of surrounding them is always what made me question why they were ranked so high. Perhaps they could um, still be a really good team, but I don't think it was ever really worthy of any kind of preseason nods or anything like that. Just kind of looking at what this team is, there's a lot of questions about them. So, uh, yeah, them coming in at fifth is um, closer to what I would expect, though. I mean, to be fair, and we've kind of talked about this during the offseason, the West Division is a little bit up in the air as a whole, but... I just don't see Nebraska as one of the teams that could win that division. 
It's weird. I'm finding myself defending Nebraska a little bit here because I have started to drink the Kool-Aid some. This is a team that has a lot of potential that played with a lot of teams, despite not really winning much of any of it last season, that has a new quarterback coming in to maybe shake up things on that offense in a way that Adrian Martinez never was really able to consistently do. So I think fifth is probably a little bit too low. I mean, let's actually go through. We haven't even listed all the teams top to bottom on that side. Right now it is the top Wisconsin, then followed by Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota. Then you have Nebraska and at the bottom, Illinois and Northwestern. So when you look at all the teams above them, I, I guess you could argue that all four of those teams maybe have a better shot in my head to do better than Nebraska. But when I'm thinking about like fifth in the big 10, this is a team that has experience. This is a team that whether or not you like what Scott Frost has done on the field, it is what he's been building for what's going to be five, six years now when we're getting into this season. It's a long process to try and become successful here. Scott Frost was close last year in a lot of games. And again, I think more than anything, maybe even that transfer quarterback coming in Casey Thompson or just being able to get a different guy in there under center to see if it can look a little bit different what they're doing out there. I think could be a big difference to how this team competes in the big 10, whether or not they can win non-conference games, like a game against Oklahoma that they lost by one possession last season. I don't know, but I think as far as competing in this big 10 conference, especially right now, this is a team that could easily with just getting a little bit better, make a big, big jump up the standings just because of what that team had been. And also what, the Big Ten West in particular is looking like it will be this season, which is another year of not really anyone taking any sort of real charge by the end of things. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see. But again, I think that closer to maybe fifth than first, but I'm not quite as harsh on Nebraska. I'm buying in a little bit on this team, being able to be a good team, being able to be a bold team and being able to maybe even – I don't know about compete for that big 10 West yet. I don't know if I'm there yet, but at least make things interesting, be able to compete in every game it plays. Maybe this was the plan all along by Vegas is just to beat us down and beat us into submission by the end of the uh, off season. So we finally give in. I mean, the, there are reasons to believe they could be competitive. Um, I mean, maybe this transfer quarterback does change things. There's some uncertainty there just, um, being a transfer quarterback at a new program, just a transfer in general is going to um, take some adjustments from him, from the team, from the coaches and things like that. I also kind of look at it as when you're as close as they were in a lot of games. Uh, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but the difference in those close games is most often in the coaching. And I, I just can't get behind having a, Scott Frost be kind of the positive difference maker. Now, perhaps just simply having the talent, having them back another year, uh, maybe that just makes them better. And again, the points you made about the Big Ten West are, are fair in that nobody's really stepped up uh, in that division and established themselves as anything certain uh, coming into this season. So perhaps Nebraska does steal a game or two. And if it's the right one or two games, then suddenly they are near the top of the Big Ten West. But again, I think just a lot of that is long shots. And 
Um, while not maybe not long shots, but just not what you would expect necessarily. I just always felt that there was some just the general expectation of what they would be was just a little bit too high. And I, if you wanted to make the case like, oh, this is a dark horse team that could win the Big Ten West, I, I could much more easily um, understand that argument than the arguments that have been there for most of the offseason because of the rankings, because of the odds, and that this is one of the favorites to win the Big Ten West. And uh, maybe it's just a semantics debate, but that's just kind of where I stand. Like, as a dark horse candidate, yeah, I could see this team potentially being a, a contender for the Big Ten West if a couple things broke their way, but I just never really saw them where ESPN and Vegas had seen them. Bet Online covers all of your sports gambling needs. If you want all the information before you actually put your money anywhere, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to actually make those bets and make a wider variety of options of bets than anywhere else, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to go to a place where the website just looks nice, as not all sports betting websites do, Bet Online has you covered. Head on over to Bet Online right now for a one stop shop for everything that you need going on with your sports gambling needs. It's really that simple. Bet Online and sign up for free right now. That's definitely closer to where I'm at with it, too. Let's talk about another team that Athlon says at least is poised to maybe make a big jump up that Big Ten West standings. Uh, another team with a coach that I'm not sure quite how to feel about yet. That's Jeff Brom, even though he's been there a while over at Purdue. It's been up and down for him. He's had the highs and the lows. And right now it looks like he has a team that I think has the talent to be able to compete with that side of the Big Ten in a way that, at least in the preseason, going into the season, I don't think we've seen out of Purdue in a little while. This squad has, again, like a Nebraska team has, experience, a quarterback that's been there for a while. And when you're, again, in that side of the Big Ten this year, that's going to be enough to get you at least a pretty high projection right now in June. I don't know if I'm ready, though, to say that Purdue is quite fit to be a Big Ten contender. You're our Indiana host. What do you think about the rivals? Uh, I would predict them to finish seventh. Uh, no, I, uh, I mean, we talked last week about the – the all big 10 teams and Aiden O'Connell was one of the top quarterbacks. And that's probably where a lot of this is going to start. It's just the fact that they're going to have one of the best returning quarterbacks this upcoming season. And uh, that alone is going to in a, a generally weak big 10 West is going to be enough to thrust them kind of up to near that top level of uh, the, or of the division. So I can understand why they're in the position they are. I have the same kind of reservations in general about Jeff Brom and just not really certain. Like it looked like he had the program on an upward trajectory. They had the big Ohio state win. They went to back-to-back -back bowl games and then they won six combined games in 2019 and 2020. Obviously one of those was a COVID year, but um so it's there isn't really been consistency. Um, so I, I don't know if 2021 is them back on an upward trajectory or if they're going to follow it up again with a two, three, four win season. So it's hard to really put a finger on the pulse of this team. Uh, but I, I would I would say that having Aiden O'Connell is going to be a huge help, but losing David Bell is going to be a big loss that they're going to have to replace and. 
he was one of the more exciting players in the conference last season. So um, I think them being number two more speaks to just the uncertainty in the Big Ten West, I think, more than um, necessarily anything about Purdue, because it was kind of like we talked about last week. If Aiden O'Connell's the second best quarterback or third best quarterback, I can't remember where he fell. I think it was second team. Um, if he's the second best quarterback in the the conference, it says a lot about the quarterback play in the conference. And if Purdue's the second best team in the Big Ten West, that probably says a lot about how down the Big Ten West might be this year. Let's talk about the East side a little bit more, Jacob. And again, Jacob Rudar, Locked On Hoosiers host, joining us on the show. We talked a minute before. It seems pointless to have the conversation about who can beat Ohio State again. At this point right now, it's uh, just having the same conversation over and over. The Buckeyes are really, really good. And at least at some point, I think it's just going to end up being that Big Ten season where you have like maybe two or three games throughout the year where one of the other undefeated teams plays Ohio State, and then that's the big game. That's the one we'll talk about. And, and until then, until that happens, it's really, I think, it'd be a lot of the same conversation. At least in the offseason, though, it's not really, I don't think, any sort of priority to talk about it anymore. So who are some of those teams who can get to that game, who can get to the big Ohio State game and be able to say it matters? Because, uh, I mean, obviously Michigan will be there, and it'll be a big game no matter what, no matter what happens there. But even that team, which Athlon has is second in the Big Ten East right now, I was saying before, I don't think if they lose four games, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be like, that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's similar in, as the Big Ten West where there could be any number of teams there. I think these teams are going to be better, but I could see Michigan. I could see Michigan State. I could see Penn State being among those teams. I would say right now that I would probably put Michigan as number two, but again, this is a program that um, two years ago was really, really down. And there was talks about whether Har Harbaugh was going to keep his job. So, I mean, uh, we're not far removed from Michigan being uh, in a really bad place. So um, again, it, it's hard to make a, a case for, a really strong case necessarily considering how bad things looked just a few seasons ago. But uh, again, they're coming off a 12, the 12 win season where they finally got to get over the hump. So um, I think you are able to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they have talent returning. Um, they obviously lost a little bit on uh, the defensive end, uh, but I mean, the offense is still, going to be solid Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards are going to be um, top running backs again Ronnie Bell uh, I know there's high hopes for as he comes back from injury um, there's going to be parts to replace in the defense obviously losing Aiden Hutchinson is a huge hole but I mean I I probably have a little bit more faith in Michigan right now than uh, the other two teams Probably a lot of that is recency bias just from last season, but it's also wild to say that again after 2020 where I wasn't even sure that Harbaugh should still have the job. So uh, it's a wild turnaround, but again, that kind of speaks to the volatility of the the second best team in the Big Ten East. How much better is the East right now? I think that's a better conversation to have too than just talking about everybody being kind of jam-packed in the middle like it looks like it may be, or at least – as far as we can tell right now, that's all pretty cloudy, but 
Uh, I do think there's still that general belief that over on the east side of the Big Ten country, there's a whole lot better football being played right now. Well, I, if you just look at it, uh, I mean, you have Ohio State first, Michigan second, Michigan State third, Penn State fourth. I would say if you moved any of those four teams to the Big Ten West, they would be the favorites right now, uh, or at least among the contenders at the very least. Uh, even a Maryland, I could see an argument for is uh, potentially competing at the top of the Big Ten West. So, um, <laughs> I, I I love being in the com- or in the division that uh, as an IU fan that is just loaded. And every year I, I'm looking over at the Big Ten West, thinking, man, why couldn't we be the team that sneaks in as a, a Northwestern or, or someone to? Uh, to make the conference title game. But yeah, I would say at least the top four and that's pretty much year over year with uh, a few exceptions. Wisconsin's usually uh, really good, but the top four in the big 10 East, if you moved any of them to the West, they're probably going to be the favorite or one of the favorites. And I would say that's the case this season as well. Is it Wisconsin's on the West? It's Ohio State's on the East. Is it Wisconsin's on the West? Obviously not to the same degree, but I guess how big is that gap right now? Um, it's interesting. Uh, Wisconsin just has like a baseline that you know that they're always going to be a really good running team. They're going to be physical. They're going to be disciplined, things like that. There's always this baseline, I think, with them that um, you expect a, a certain amount of production and success. So um, I wouldn't say it's obviously not anywhere close, but I would say Wisconsin's, I would still say they're a pretty decent sized favorite in my opinion uh, in that division. Um, but I, I, again, I'd say, I don't think it's just, it's, not the ceiling that's making them that it's the floor, yeah. right? Like yeah. this team could easily be a seven win team. And like we talked about Michigan winning, losing four games, I'd be kind of surprised if Wisconsin ends up seven and five, that's not surprising at all. That's never surprising. Really. It, Wisconsin does that sometimes, but there's always pretty much, it seems like at least that. Yeah. I was going to say seven and five is almost always their baseline though. And mm-hmm. you're kind of working from there. I was just going to say, you can, you can make the arguments as we were earlier for there being some type of dark horse team to win the big 10 West. I don't think you can really make those arguments in the East this year. So that might be a kind of a good indicator of the difference. Um, I mean, I know we're saying that after Ohio state didn't even win the division last year, but um, I mean, I, I just think Ohio state on paper is so much better than everyone else. Wisconsin isn't necessarily that, but, as you said, seven and five is kind of this baseline and you're working up from there. And in the big 10 West, that's good enough to be uh, a contender for, to win the division and be in the big 10 title game seemingly every season. I mean, it's again, it's the Ohio state thing, but it's the same conversation we've been having. We, we got to have the Michigan side of the conversation for what, like two weeks, the week before and the week after they played Ohio (laughs) state. Then we moved on to Michigan playing in the college football playoff. And then right after that, it was just right back to, wow, Ohio state's really, really good. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. Like it's 11 months out of the year. It's that at a minimum. And as long as Ohio state does not lose once. And I, I guess maybe have the conversation after the Oregon game too, but it's just, this is the deal right now. It's tiring. 
but that is just what it is. But again, there's a reason you play the games. Ohio State, again, didn't even win this division last season, but they will still, of course, be dominating the conversation as long as we're talking football. Jacob Rude is going to be here to talk football, basketball, of course, with us too. I know as a Hoosiers guy, he likes talking about that side a little bit more, but <laughs> we'll get to that, of course, too, as we continue through the offseason. And Jacob's over there three times a week here in the summer months, at least over on Locked On Hoosiers. Thanks again, Jacob, for joining us as always here on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. As always, look forward to it.